I don't know if I ever ask for business. It just comes to us because our associates are very active in whatever they're doing in the community too. When people come to work for us, I say, you know, get involved in something you like doing, something that benefits the community. You're listening to the Real Estate Sessions podcast, and I'm your host, Bill Risser, Executive Vice President, Strategic Partnerships with Rate My Agent, a digital marketing platform designed to help great agents harness the power of verified reviews. For more information, head on over to ratemyagent.com. Listen in as I interview industry leaders and get their stories and journeys to the world of real estate. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 354 of the Real Estate Sessions podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for telling a friend, as I always say. And today we're going to have a lot of fun. I am talking to Ron Sheffield. Ron is the CEO and president of the Berkshire Hathaway Home Services EWM Realty Operation in Miami, we'll say South Florida. I met Ron with our CEO when when Michael Davey was out here traveling through Florida, just kind of getting a sense of the of the Florida market for for an Australian. It was unique to to, to be able to experience that. Uh, Ron was kind enough to have lunch with us. And boy, I could tell just how during that conversation, he was somebody I had to talk to. It's somebody's story I had to get. So I'm really excited to get this thing started. Ron, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, thank you, Bill. It's good to be here. Yeah, you know, you and I met a, about a month ago or so, maybe a little longer, yeah, down in your neck of the woods, Coral Gables area. We had a, a really nice lunch and with Nina Fabri from uh, the Berkshire Hathaway Home Services Company, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Fun day with you guys. Yeah, our CEO, Michael Davey, was there as well. And it was really fun to, to talk to you and learn about really the unique space that the Miami real estate market is. And we're going to talk more about that. But first, I always start the podcast with where everything started for Ron. Now, I'm pretty sure, uh, and most people probably could tell, that that accent's probably not a South Florida native, <laughs> right? So far, so good. Yeah, I grew up in New York City. Uh, <laughs> so let's no, I, let's go with where you grew up uh, and uh, and how long how long before you made the move down here? Sure. Well, I I grew up in Tennessee uh, and uh, still the fifth largest city in the state, uh, Jackson, Tennessee, which is near Memphis, but certainly not a huge place, fifty thousand people. So you got to know a lot of your your family, knew everybody in town, sort of thing. Yeah. So uh, I had a great growing up experience and high school experience, and then you know, like a lot of guys and and you know kids from that area we went over to knoxville which is 300 miles away to go to school at the university of tennessee yeah so i spent four years at the university of tennessee and you know i had a you know wonderful experience there and you know met of course people that are still friends of mine today that i've known for you know decades now so uh it's a lot of you know a lot of fond memories looking back on that but after college you know you kind of want to not maybe go right back home and so I moved to Florida and um, I thought I'd stay for a few years and probably end up back in the south someplace and so here I am all these years later and you know met my wife down here and you know three kids and five grandkids later I'm not going anywhere you know Ron I moved to Florida in 2017 knowing I was coming to the south I was coming to SEC country kinda it's just north of us <laughs> up in Gainesville but man it's a whole different world from growing up in San Diego and then moving to Phoenix where College sports are just whatever. Boy, if I hear another SEC person tell me yeah, it just means more or it just matters more, there's a word, there's something that the SEC people love to say. <laughs> but um, but so you're 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 a volunteer through and through, Rocky Top, the whole thing. I mean, it's Nayland yep. Stadium, right? It's just 
unbelievable, yep. right? Uh, what's going on up yep. there? But I've got some buddies who went to Florida and they really don't like Tennessee. <laughs> what what <laughs> happened there? Well, you know, there's, a, there's been a competition there for a long, long time, you know, and when I was in school, it was obviously, you know, very competitive at that point, too. I think we probably were a little friendlier toward each other when I was in college, you know, 40 years ago. Okay. But uh, oh, I, I tell you one memory I have, because we have a we actually actually have a gator in my house, which is that was a hard to hard thing to accept in the beginning. But our wow. oldest daughter is a Florida graduate. And she had a great experience in Florida. Uh, but I remember going, uh, this is probably her senior year, junior or senior year. We we're up there for a ball game when Tennessee was playing in the swamp. And of course, you know, I was the only people, we were the only people there that had any orange on where we were sitting because our daughter had gotten us the tickets. And so we we're like over in the middle of, I don't know, the alumni for Florida, I guess. And, um, so our son at the time was probably, I don't know, he was maybe 15 or so or even younger. He's probably 13. And he's uh, he was all about Tennessee. So he had all of his Tennessee wear on. And it was a cool day. So fortunately, we had to have some jackets on. So I said, well, you know what? Until we see where we're sitting, let's just kind of like keep this jacket zipped up because these people can get kind of rough. And so uh, we're we're winning the game. We ended up winning that game that day. And so uh, as as it became clear that even though we had our arms all covered up with a jacket, we weren't we weren't shouting with you know any enthusiasm when when Florida did anything right. And so this older lady behind us screamed out. She didn't understand why why these people talking about us were ashamed of their colors. And so I told my son that I said, okay, now after this next play, we're just going to quietly walk on down the aisle. We only had about two minutes left. And of course it was clear we were going to win. So anyway, yes, there's a real competitive spirit between these two schools. <laughs> I love that. Well, look, 11 and two last year, I think, right. Yep. The balls are back. I know they went through a yep. little rough patch, so you got to be excited. Yep. It's looking forward. I mean, your quarterback decided to go into the draft, yeah. but, yep. right? Yeah. We've got uh, going to have some new players there, but you know what? The coach coach seems great. You know, I don't know him. I knew some of those previous coaches, but uh, he he's great, and everybody loves him up there. I, I always wonder: was there someone in the real estate world as you were growing up that maybe kind of tilted you that way, or did, was it something that came from another source? Well, you know, uh, my dad was uh, in a retail business and we transfer, he transferred, you know, every time he'd get transferred, every time he'd get promoted, we'd move to a new city. Mm. So, uh, but most of them were in the South. So, you know, when I was really young, I mean, we were living, we lived in Texas and then we lived in Kentucky, Louisiana. And anyway, I ended up in Tennessee. I say I'm from Tennessee, but I lived in some other places before that, but I moved there in middle school. Yeah. And so, you know, that was certainly, you know, my early years. And so that's what I remember is really, you know, where I'm from and, you know, people I keep up with from high school are all obviously from that area. But um, when I graduated, uh, my older brother uh, had just uh, started his law practice in Florida. He went to University of Miami Law School. And so when I would come down uh, for spring break or just vacations during college, those four years, I mean, I'd stay with my brother and his wife and 
And uh, I thought, well, this really is a nice place down here. And so he says, man, he ought to come down here and just live here. So I thought, well, what would I do? And so one of his clients was a real estate developer. So I started out in the development side of things. Okay. And it wasn't brand new to me because as we were moving around quite a bit when I was growing up, we were always living in new subdivisions where they were building new homes. And so as I got into high school, uh, I actually started working some construction summer jobs and working with a contractor who built our house. And so I just kind of started, you know, gaining an appreciation for how homes are built. And so, you know, even as a, you know, 15, 16, 17 year old kids i mean you, you start learning a lot about that and i just you know was kind of attracted to that by the fact that we had moved a few times and so yeah. i understood how all that worked and and uh and then when i went to work with uh, my brother's client uh, and we were developing homes and that was a lot of fun and then uh, one thing kind of led to the next and we bought uh, the company we have now uh at that time it was esslinger wooten maxwell was founded by three women in the 60s, 64 to be exact. They opened our company in 1964. And then 20 years later, I had a partner by this time. And for, you know, he and I were partners for 30 years. And uh, we bought the company from uh, the three ladies in 1984. And then we sold the company in 2003 to Berkshire Hathaway. And that's when Warren Buffett was getting into our business. He he'd gotten into our business in 1999. So four years later, we were the 13th company that they purchased. And now Berkshire Hathaway has purchased about 65 companies across the country, all you know about our size or larger or smaller. And uh, we're kind of right in the middle of the size of all of our companies. But you know, wonderful collection of companies that um, you know I had known many of these people for a lot of years. You know, just in the various industries that are various uh, networks that we were a part of within the industry. That's how I got here, and so I've been, I've been at uh, EWM now for forty years. But now our name has changed, obviously, to Berkshire Hathaway EWM Realty. So, gotcha. You know, Ron, at, at lunch you shared, you know, the, the EWM story because those are the last name initials of the last names of the three women who own that real estate company. Can you share that with us? Sure. Uh, well, the three ladies that started our company in 1964 uh, were already in their late 50s and 60s when they started the company. So by the time we actually bought the company from them, you know, they were in their 70s and 80s. And so they uh, they were dynamos uh, of their day. And, uh, you know, for that time, you know, for three women to start a company that became, you know, a large company in Miami, you know, it was, it was a real accomplishment that you know, a lot of people shared their pride here in Miami. And we kind of met them kind of by a fluke. I mean, we were in the development business. You know, I had a partner for 30 years and we were developing condominiums mostly, some single family homes, but mostly condos on both coasts of Florida. But we were based here in Miami. And my partner uh, had a relationship with uh, the E, Anna Mae Esslinger. Uh, they'd gone to church together. And so he knew her through that. And so she had kind of uh, confided in him one day that it just seemed like it was going to be time to sell. And they didn't really want to sell to anybody that had tried to approach them about buying, that she wanted us to buy their company. And so uh, I said, well, gosh, you know, we, we're over here in this development business. I mean, I don't know if we've got time to do all this. And he says, well, I think we can do this. And so that's that's exactly how it happened. It was pretty much that simple. Yeah. And yeah. so we uh, we bought the company and 
you know, the market was in 1984. We bought it. And, you know, we just had, uh, we had 50 people, 55 people, to be exact. And that first year, we did about $50 million in sales, which is pretty good, I guess, in that time. They were averaging like a million dollars a person, not quite. Uh, but we just uh, started recruiting a lot of people. And then we started buying other companies that saw what we were doing. And then uh, it just kind of kept growing. But uh, the three ladies we still talk about, you know, we have a painting of them in our offices just to kind of remind us of, of, of the help that they gave us and the inspiration they gave us when the company was started. But, you know, yeah, one were, of them, one of them was business minded. One of them was a socialite. Am I being polite? Yes. there? Yeah. And then yeah. I can't remember what the third one was. Well, she was, she called herself the business manager and, ah. She, she, they were, they were cute. They, they were great friends. And, uh, you're, you got a good memory there. Yeah. The, the, the one that was, um, really the, you know, the, the person that was out in the community was Anna Mae Esslinger. And she was the life member of the Chamber of Commerce and, you know, the, uh, president of the Board of Realtors. And, you know, she played bridge every Wednesday at the country club. And, you know, she just sponsored a lot of events in town. And so she was very, uh, out involved in the community. The second one was Dodie Wooten, uh, whose father was the second physician in Miami, actually built our still existing today county hospital. He and Dr. Jackson or Jackson Hospital, those two guys, mm-hmm. you know, were early, uh, early people to Miami. And so they needed a hospital and those two doctors built it. So, you know, they had a lot of affluent friends. And so Dodie Wooten sold probably the first million dollar home ever sold here because they were friends with everybody else that had businesses here. And, you know, there weren't a lot of people here in those years. You know, Dodie Wood was born in 1911 and her family moved here in 1917. And even by 1920, I think there were only about 5,000 people living in Miami. And then Arlene Maxwell, she was a petite little lady who really managed the back end of the business. And she always used to laugh and say that she was the balance wheel between two big wheels <laughs> but <laughs> that's uh, great yeah well they had a great relationship for a lot of years so that's now, how that happened yeah you mentioned you know you're uh you're much bigger than 55 agents now let's talk about what berkshire hathaway home services ewm looks like today well we have a little over 700 agents mm-hmm. and 10 offices at dade broward and palm beach counties and we've always focused on the high-end markets and so we still do that and uh you know we uh we're fortunate that uh, we've been able to assist a lot of developers over the last several decades because of our development background originally you know that was easy for us to to transition into that so we we have sold you know several thousand units of pre-construction uh you know all the way back to the you know, the late 90s and early 2000s. And then uh, the Berkshire, of course, now owns uh, other companies in our uh, Florida market. So we have four uh, sister companies. I mean, well, three sister companies plus us, four of us in the state that are owned by Berkshire Hathaway. And it's just kind of really wasn't planned this way, but they're kind of like, you know, West Coast, North Florida, Panhandle, Jacksonville, and, and of course, along the Western or the Eastern border down here. So uh, that has given us a lot of strength, not only uh, within our state, but across the whole nation now. I mean, we have major companies in Southern California and in Dallas and Denver and, you know, Washington, D.C., New York. I mean, in the Midwest where Warren Buffett is, I mean, we, we own a lot of those companies up through there. Uh, so it's just been a great collection of people. We all like each other and learn from each other and 
And of course, it's been easy to share business with each other because when people are moving, you know, it's it's really one stop shop. You know, we we have the same name, and you know, it's all Berkshire under the Berkshire umbrella. Uh, we also uh, own a mortgage company, a national mortgage company called Prosperity Mortgage, and uh, title companies for each one of us to close deals, insurance company to help insure all these properties. So uh, it's been uh, fun to see how all this has developed over the years, and we've all benefited from. It, including yeah. our customers. Yeah, you say development. I you so you you had a lot of those sales offices for those new towers going up. Is what you're telling yes, me, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah really fancy. Awesome. You know, I mean, we were fortunate to be. You know, of course, when technology was not what it is today. You know, we had a lot of you know fancy uh, you know screens and and uh, help in the offices to showcase what we were what we were dreaming about would be there one day. And of course, you know, then we would sit off to the sideline in a construction or in a sales trailer on the property in most of those cases. And we'd watch the building, you know, be built and then people move in. And anyway, it's that, those, those were fun periods and still fun periods. I mean, we man, it's still doing it. Yeah. 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 I mean, and now the developers are from all over the world. I mean, you know, we met uh, last week uh, with a developer from from uh, Dubai and you know from South America. I mean these these development companies all see the, you know these are well you know established companies from other places right. that are now coming to the U.S. to and, and to Florida in particular to build. So yeah, you know, we're helping them as well. What I'm going to ask you this question. I, I don't ask this very often, but I I, um, I know you'll have an answer for this. What what is a day in the life of the president and CEO of EWM look like? And after well, you tell me what it looks like, tell me what you wish it looked like. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I think everybody thinks, well, gee, you know, we sell a lot of beautiful, expensive homes. And so, you know, they probably figure they were all out on our yacht someplace just enjoying the weather. And, and but, uh, you know, we just get our we get our hands right down into the the nitty gritty of what we're doing every day. So, you know, a lot of my time is spent with our associates. Uh, you know, we I still enjoy that. It helps me to stay really connected to the market. Uh, you know, our agents know the market better than anybody because they're talking with buyers this afternoon to tell me kind of what's their response. And, you know, as interest rates change and as, you know, headlines change, you know, our buyers' attitudes change and so do the sellers' attitudes. And so, you know, trying to stay abreast of all that, uh, I think is a key to, you know, making sure that we give the right advice to our buyers and sellers. So I still spend a lot of time of our agents. But, um, you know, like this week, um, you know, I just ended a three-hour meeting with our managers. See, these are our office managers and our marketing managers and all the people who kind of help us behind the scenes. And so we meet once a month and talk about, you know, changes. And you know, we've got changes in our contract. You know, Florida, uh, you know, our, our governor and our legislature has enacted some new rules about uh, foreign buyers. And so, you know, making sure that we are advising people properly on that. We spend a lot of time just talking about the legal you know, implications of what these changes can make and and making sure that our buyers and sellers are, are well versed on all of that. Um, marketing is another big piece of our business. Um, you know, the way we market our homes today is, I mean, it's first class. I mean, you know, the old days you took a picture and you put it in the MLS and, and it sold, you know. Well, today it's worldwide marketing, it's YouTube, it's uh, social media, a lot of moving parts. And so I spend, you know, some portion of almost every day dealing with marketing, our public relations. Uh, you know, we have, we have a public relations firm. So, 
you know, we're talking to the media constantly about what's happening in our market. And we like to uh, stay abreast of the numbers, too, because uh, the media comes to us with a lot of questions about uh, what's selling and what's not. And what do you see the impact of rising interest rates and, you know, COVID and, you know, my goodness, what we did through COVID was like whoever dreamed we'd be dealing with all that. But, you know, we've gotten through all that as well. So, you know, my day is very varied, which makes it fun. I, you know, there are long days. I mean, you know, I never leave here before dark, uh, which is, you know, I mean, sometimes, you know, like last night I had a reception with our community foundation. And uh, those are always good, too, because you, you, you're you just you're you're with friends and people that you know for a long time. Plus, it's just, you know, all those those uh, gatherings are just a source of business. You know, I can honestly say I'm, I don't know if I ever ask for business. It just comes to us because our associates are very active in whatever they're doing in the community, too. When people come to work for us, I say, you know, get involved in something you like doing, something that benefits the community. And a natural byproduct of that will be just meeting people. And so when somebody's worked with one of our people, uh, you know, uh, whatever, a PTA committee or, a, you know, a junior league committee or the Chamber of Commerce, and they say, boy, you know, this person's really responsible. Uh, and then when they think, well, gee, I need to either, you know, I need, a, I need a, a realtor to help me with my own properties, or more often than that, uh, people are asking our friends, oh, well, who should I call to sell my house or to buy a house? And so we get a lot of referrals, you know, that bring us in contact uh, with new people. Ron, I would I would imagine that uh, you're a leader by example when it comes to being a part of the community. Because I mean, when you look at some of the things you do and what you've done, right? You're founder of the Beacon Council, which I think is like an ec- economic development uh, kind yeah, of yeah. That's our in, county's uh, economic development. It's a it's a quasi governmental private you know enterprise. Yeah. So uh, yep, uh, you past are... chair of the Chamber of Commerce yourself, right? You're Coral yes. Gables Community Foundation uh, board member of a bunch of other foundations. You've been agent of the year and man of the year multiple times. Um, uh, I mean, that, that really is impressive. And I, I always say that to, to people, to agents that, that ask that question, ah, I just struggle. And it's like, get involved with your community. I mean, you just said it. It seems like such a simple thing to do. Yeah. Well, it is. And you have to like it, you know, and it does take time. You know, yeah. uh, fortunately, my wife is very supportive of all these things as well as my kids. You know, I mean, our son works with us now. And uh, but our other two daughters have a license They're They're in other fields, but they'll refer customers to us from time to time. And mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, we, for anybody in a community, in your neighborhood or wherever you are, you know, it's just fun to meet new people. And of course, that's where you develop, you know, long term friendships. And so you you have fun. But at the same time, you're. You're certainly uh, having an opportunity to, you know, to to be a success in, in business as well. Right. I've heard you speak about reputation. Uh, it's a core value for you personally, right? And I'm sure for yes. your company. Let's talk about that a little bit. Well, you know, I think uh, everybody's looking for those that they can trust. And uh, I don't know. I mean, I guess the world's always, you know, had... Uh, you know, it's challenges, but it seems like today, you know, whether it's, you know, it's governments or, you know, politicians or, you know, business leaders or whoever. I mean, you know, it, it seems harder and harder to find people that you really feel like you can trust. And I think that we all are seeking those types of friendships and relationships. So, uh, you know, 
our Berkshire company, you know, we, we have what we call our core strengths and, you know, those are trust and integrity and longevity and, uh, and stability. And I think that when people are entrusting for many people, the most valuable asset that they ever own is their home. And when they're entrusting that to us, they want to know that that not only can they trust us, but that we're going to be around for a long time. And, you know, the integrity that goes with, um, you know, everything we just talked about uh, is very important to people and, and mostly important to us. I mean, we want to work with those kind of people as well. And, you know, we have found that like-minded people kind of gravitate toward each other. And so we've been fortunate that our founders had those same policies and same, you know, values. And, uh, and it's just attracted the same like-minded people all these years. Yeah. Let's talk about what you and your leadership team look for when you're, cause you bring on new agents, right? I mean, there's a constant sure. flow of, of, of agents coming in and out of a, yes. a brokerage your size. So what are you and your leadership team, you know, looking for? Well, we're looking for those, those same types of core values, you know, yeah. trust and integrity and stability and longevity. But, uh, we also are looking for people who have, you know, the desire to put in more than a 40 hour work week. I mean, I tell everybody, you know, this is not a, this is not a 20 hour a week job, you know, you're just on call basically 24 seven, but that's, what's fun about it. You know, I mean, uh, gosh, if I just told you all the places where I've run into somebody at a baseball game, my son's playing in and sitting in the stands and somebody says, you know what? I, I've been meaning to call you. Well, they've been meaning to call a realtor someplace, but the fact that they were reminded that, okay, I'm with him. And now this is the time to have that conversation. So we want people that are involved in the community. Uh, they want to be involved in more than just, uh, just trying to earn a paycheck. I mean, our people are all on commission sales, and so they're motivated, you know, to to sell, obviously, to earn a living. But at the same time, we give back to the community. Our company and our people support a lot of uh, charitable causes, and we build a Habitat for Humanity home every year. And you know, we all have about seventy five of our people out there, you know, swinging a hammer. I mean, these are men and women both, and I mean, some of them have never done that before. But you know, the Habitat program is is designed to work just with people like that. And so we always enjoy that. And our national uh, franchise, Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, supports an organization called Sunshine Kids. And Sunshine Kids is supporting kids with cancer and, you know, giving them, you know, trips and things just to add a little bit more sunshine to their lives. We just have a, a really good spirit of people here that want to help and share with others. And that's what you're looking for. Yeah, I think that's great. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, I, well, I want to talk about the Miami market. I mean, it is, it's quite unique. I, I, you, we were chatting and you mentioned it's not very far until you get to the Everglades and there's no building yeah. going on there, right? <laughs> so let's talk about that though, the, the, you know, the kind of the macro of the Miami market. But then, man, Coral Gables is amazing. Um, you know, Mike, Michael and I had a chance to stay in Coral Gables for a few days uh, and it was spectacular. So let's talk about that. The, the big picture, then, then Coral Gables. Well, the big picture is that you know the whole world is coming here. I moved here in 1975, and when I came here, it was still pretty much a bit of a southern, sleepy southern town of the U.S. And you know the fact that we have had so many other nationalities move into southern florida you know we we tease about the fact that our greatest asset now is our closest proximity to the united states <laughs> and uh <laughs> yeah. i think that uh you know that is uh 
something that you know at one point was a real challenge for Miami because we had all of this changing landscape. And now today, I would say that our diversity is one of our greatest assets because when people come here, no matter where they're from, they feel at home when they get here because they hear their language here, they find their friends here, they find their religion here, they find their foods here, their culture here. And uh, you have to want to experience that, which in you know 40, 50 years ago, not a lot of people were ready for that. Right. But today we see so many next generation and even you know my age generation wanting to experience that. They love to experience that because you just get to really experience the entire world from one place. And so that's um, been kind of how I think we have grown like we've grown. And now uh, because we've made some wise decisions, you know, from a governmental standpoint with we're one of eight states that does not have a state income tax. And that's been a big draw for wealthy people. And um, we now have, uh, you know, people that are finding that this is an easy place to work remotely from. So if you, you know, maybe your business is based in another major American city, but it's not on the beach and it's not in great weather and, and you don't have favorable taxes, but yeah, you can live here now because of technology and a lot of people can live here and still work remotely from here. So that's been a big plus and COVID really taught us all that. And COVID really, as we look back through history, will be a real you know, pivot point for Miami where people will recognize that, my gosh, this has been, you know, uh, this, this whole change that happened after, after COVID is, is, it was not just a, a flash in the pan. I mean, it's something now that has created a whole new way of, of working and, and living. Uh, whereas, we used to sell thousands, literally, of condominiums for vacation use. Now, more and more of our sales are permanent residents moving here. You know, the U.S. Census tells us that about 1,100 people a day are moving to Florida this year or last year. Uh, that was a 2% growth rate over the year before, which was the highest percentage growth rate in the nation. So, you know, Florida and Texas are the two you know fastest growing states. But I think that, you know, those kind of numbers just – they really validate everything that we're seeing. And, uh, you know, it's uh, it's been fun. You know, uh, we've got some challenges with traffic and, you know, even our schools now, you know, everybody, you know, a lot of the people are coming want to have private schools and, and we just don't have enough seats for everybody today. But, you know, we're a lot of our private schools are having some big additions. I mean, like huge additions to their schools right now because they have such demand for that. So, uh I think that that's that's the that's the big picture. Now, the uh, you talked about Coral Gables, which is really uh, like an oasis. Uh, George Merrick was the founder of Coral Gables in the early 20s, and he just designed a city and thought of every detail. I mean, most of the way the city is run today is exactly the way George Merrick set it up to run when it was incorporated in 1926. Mm -hmm. So Coral Gables is 97 years old this year, soon be 100 years old. And we've been fortunate that we've had great leadership all those decades that have maintained this model that he set forth back then. Uh, Coral Gables was I don't know if it's the very first, but it was one of the very first planned unit developments in the nation. Wow. So 
every block of Coral Gables was well defined on what could be built there. I mean, some lots are designed to be 5,000 square foot lots where other neighborhoods, maybe the lots are 10,000 minimum uh, size of the homes. You know, even the square footage is dictated by zoning. And of course, you know, the uses for commercial, you know, he even had uh, what they referred to as industrial areas. They were not smokestacks, but they were making furniture or, or plumbers or electricians and, you know, that type of business. And of course, a lot of that has been kind of pushed out because uh, you know, we've, we've built over with, uh, you know, Neiman Marcus and, you know, nice shopping malls and condo developments and, you yeah. know, a lot of those kind of businesses now. But but I think that uh, Coral, the, the fact that Coral Gables has maintained the quality of what was originally envisioned has really been responsible for this tremendous growth that we have. And part of that development plan was to have places for more modest homes as well as very expensive homes. So we literally have, you can still buy a condominium in Coral Gables for $300,000, but yet we have, you know, waterfront property that's $50 million. So it's, uh, it's been fun to see how that interrelates and we're close to the airport, which is a big asset, you know, yeah. just, you know, downtown Coral Gables is only a couple of miles from Miami International Airport. So, you know, that's that's a big deal in anybody's city. But, you know, we we last year had the distinction of the highest number of travelers through our airport of any airport in the world, I think. I mean, certainly in the U.S., 50,000 or 50 million passengers passed through the Miami International Airport in 2022. You know, everything is kind of close knit. And as you said, from the beach to the Everglades is only 18 miles of width. So we have to kind of pack everything in. Yeah. And now what we're seeing is much taller buildings. You know, uh, our tallest building ever to be built here is under construction right now. The Waldorf Astoria condominium tower is 100 stories. Wow. And prior to that, we had, you know, an 80 story. But uh, all the way back to 2001, that was the tallest building we had then was the uh, Four Seasons uh, Hotel and mixed-use office and condos. Uh, that Four Seasons building was built in 2001 and two, I think, probably opened uh, is 71 stories. But now pretty much all the major buildings downtown are, you know, 50 stories plus. And that's and that and that handles hurricanes. Well, that's another podcast. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> that's yep. something else. A lot of, a lot of um, new codes. Yeah, it's, it's certainly more expensive to build some of that yeah. than it was fifty yeah. years ago. Ron, I've 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 gone over my time limit with you. I'm so excited to have this conversation with you. I thank you so much. And I do have one last question to ask you. It's the same question I've asked every guest, and it's what one piece of advice would you give a new agent just getting started? Well, I would tell this to probably anybody in any industry is, you know, find a mentor or more than one mentor. You know, as I look back over my career, uh, I, I just think of people that they didn't even know they were mentors to me. But, you know, I was watching them and saying, well, yeah, this this works and look look what this person's done. And and also you know, to align yourselves with people who have respect of others. You know, and there are a lot of a lot of people that are not serious about what they do. And and so I just have always been fortunate to, to be in a setting where I was around a lot of people that just had great grounded values and, you know, moral values and and business ethics. And and I think that, um, you know, it's not it's not hard to find those people. They're there. But sometimes, you know, you, you, you need to be more proactively aware that as especially as a young person starting out that uh, the, the habits that you pick up in those early years will never leave you. 
whether they're good or bad. <laughs> That's right. Good call. Yeah. Yeah. Ron, this is this has been fantastic. I uh, once again, thank you so much for your time. Uh, I I'll share this. You know, we're recording this. Uh, you know, in June, and I'm actually going to come down and and then and get to see your operation in person. I'm really excited about that next week. That'll yep. be super fun. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, and once again, continued success. I mean, look, it's, uh, I, I feel like I'm talking to Mr. Coral Gables. It's awesome. So I just I wow. want to thank you so much for, oh, for coming on the show. Sarah, thank you. It's uh, it's fun to talk with you too, and be reminded of some of those things that I've, I've, I've done over my life. And of course, all of us have a story and, um, and the good thing about it, 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 it never gets old. I mean, there's always something fresh and new. And, you know, I tell people all the time, you know, I learn something every day. I don't always tell somebody I'm learning something every day, but uh, <laughs> you feel like you should know everything by by the time you've had a long career. But uh, but there's always something fresh and new. And that's why I love working with all the people that we work with, because I'm learning from them now every day, too. Thanks a lot, Ron. Okay, thank you. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to The Real Estate Sessions. Please head over to ratethispodcast.com forward slash RE Sessions to leave a review or a rating and subscribe to The Real Estate Sessions podcast at your favorite podcast listening app.